Hello, podcasts. Welcome to episode eight in our series of conversations to me, Warren, and Stephen, Stephen Griven. Today we are talking about overwhelm, a word that we are hearing lots of times at the moment, especially in this strange 2020 that we're all living through. But to be honest, more and more people have been talking about overwhelm, about the feelings of stress and anxiety that they're feeling in a daily level. Uh, maybe it's because of the information overload that we're living through, the 24-7 culture that we all have nowadays at work, but more and more of us are feeling overwhelmed. So in this conversation, Stephen explains the importance of understanding the link with emotional management. It's not the number of tasks that we have, it's the emotion that we're dealing with linked to those tasks. Another thing, don't look to eliminate tasks, but place them in the right order. This is something Stephen emphasized again and again. You'll understand why I'm saying that when you when you listen to this. And helping team members to deal with the stress in their work life. As leaders, as colleagues, as family members, this is an important point as well. And choosing leadership over management when we're feeling overwhelmed. So this is something that Stephen says, that we have a choice at all times whether to lead or to manage. And this is discussed. And again, this will make a lot more sense when you've listened to this. This is a good episode. I enjoyed it. I took notes and have already improved my scheduling. If there are any comments and questions, as always, please get in contact with us on our email address, podcast at coachpro.online. Also, remember to like and subscribe. We intend to keep this series going after some positive feedback. So thank you for that. Here comes the cheesy music. Okay, so here we go. I am ready to be overwhelmed with great content and advice. So overwhelmed is one of those words that's probably been used too much during this crazy time. Overwhelmed seems to be a word that I'm hearing every other day at the moment with different conversations during this time. So if I'm hearing it, then I know you must be hearing it a lot. Are you finding that people are overwhelmed at the moment? Yeah, I think partly it's, um, it's a term that people use without thinking too much about the term. And I think there are some people who will identify it as that and know what they mean. Uh, and there's others you're kind of listening to or looking at them and thinking, you seem a bit overwhelmed. But sometimes you use that kind of label without necessarily thinking through what actually overwhelmed is and, and, and what it's about. But I think when you look at someone and you th- or, or you feel yourself, I'm not coping, then you tend to connect that with the description of feeling overwhelmed. So one lazy way that I would, or maybe not lazy is not the, the best way, but one, one way that overwhelm seems to be used is I'm really busy. And my understanding is that that isn't that there's a big difference between being busy and being overwhelmed. Yeah, it's it's the it's a level of business you feel you can cope with, and when it goes beyond what you feel you can cope with, then you start to feel overwhelmed. And you know, busyness can be a lot of things to get done. Feeling overwhelmed, and as a feeling of being overwhelmed, is when you're emotionally overwhelmed because it's how you feel about how busy you are. And when you, you feel it's too much or there's too many things, you start to feel it's overwhelming. Yeah. So I always sort of think about when I say how busy I am and how crazy I am or I'm, you know, I'm too busy to go to the gym or I'm too busy to do good things. 
then there was that whole story about Obama when he was president, you know, still managed to get to the gym four times a week. And you're like, and, you know, and by all accounts, he, he likes a golf club as well. You think, well, if he could find the time to do these things, then it isn't a question about how busy you are. It's how you're coping and dealing with that busyness. So part of that is that feeling then, is how you feel about it. Yeah, it's, it's the emotions that come with it. I mean, you can be really, really busy and um, be on it, on top of it, and think this is great. You can also be very quiet. And there's been a lot of people during these recent months that they've been overwhelmed with the quietness. They've been overwhelmed with not having something specific to do, overwhelmed with the having to sit back and wait because then they're left alone with their emotions and their fears and the anxieties and then the catastrophic thinking comes in for some people and then that's overwhelming. There are also others, and you know, I think we've just been become acutely aware during these recent times that you can be overwhelmed with love, you can be overwhelmed with excitement, you can be overwhelmed with a whole load of positive things. Being overwhelmed isn't a positive or a negative thing by itself. It depends what you know, the, the, the feelings that you're feeling overwhelmed about. I don't think of overwhelmed being a positive term, but that's caught of interest. Like, to be overwhelmed by excitement or love, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah, that's kind of interesting too. It's just when you feel that's tipped over the edge of the barrel and it's kind of spilling a little bit. That's when you have that feeling of being overwhelmed. And although you will have the overwhelmed with grief, overwhelmed with fear, you can also have that overwhelmed with love, overwhelmed with excitement, overwhelmed with uh, the potential of things, you know, um, in a very positive way. It's... It's just emotion that has gone above a line that you feel you can, your current strategies are able to cope with. It can also be a whole load of little things, not just the big things that are overwhelming. It can sometimes be the culmination of all the little things. But that's interesting. So overwhelmed isn't the same as being busy. It's that feeling you have about anything so it's even if i'm not busy i may feel overwhelmed by the emotion that that gives me and maybe incredibly busy but i feel overwhelmed by whatever it is whether it's fear anxiety or something but that idea as well it could be a positive thing is an interesting way and it sort of reminds me of one of the conversations we've had before when we were talking about emotions and it's recognize it don't fight it don't suppress it acknowledge it and channel it one of the things then we talk about is how do you set up a strategy then where you're not overwhelmed? Because when I think about being overwhelmed, I think of busyness and then I think of all these productivity hacks and how do you manage your time? And, you know, this is, this is how you can get an extra 10 minutes of your day. I've got a feeling that you're not going to say, use this time management tool. No, the, the feeling of being overwhelmed comes when you genuinely think there's nothing more you can do. You're doing everything you can you know, and typically, ironically, you feel overwhelmed at times with the busyness thing when you think there's nothing more I can be doing. I can't be doing anymore. I'm doing two, three, four jobs. You know, I'm fulfilling two, three, four roles. Yeah. And then something else comes in and that's just, I just can't cope. Typically when I'm feeling quite overwhelmed and things in, in the business and, and it's normally because there's so many different things. And there's a genuine mix of feelings, some positive, some fearful. 
you know, it's not just all in the one that it can be, you know, all mixed in together because it's about the volume of it. Yes. And I feel I'm sort of keeping on top of it. And then all of a sudden I snap or I'm a bit narky at somebody or I don't respond in the way that I expect that I should be responding. Just And that's that kind of sign that, wait a minute, is this, is this spilling a little bit? Is this one over the edge? Or particularly when I could be feeling okay and then a big emotional thing comes in that one of the boys has got a situation that's not went the way they wanted or I can see they're struggling and all of a sudden, you know, your heart bursts and you're, you're tipped right over the edge in an instant and you genuinely think this is the last thing I need at the moment. Yes, yes it, that's a good one. It's the volume of emotions you're feeling then. It isn't the one thing. It's You've just got so much going on. This isn't a time management trick. This is a this is an emotional management plan, emotional management strategy to to deal with being overwhelmed is what I'm taking because that's what you're saying. I've done everything I can, and I do feel that sometimes you go into that straightforward, that normal reaction of fighting, which is I'll do more, I'll sleep, I won't sleep, I'll you know I'll find an extra two hours in my day, you know I will do this extra thing that needs to be done. Or that freezing of, I'm going to hide under my duvet and pretend none of this is happening. Or running away, which could mean running to the pub. Now they're open again. There's, there's, there's a fight and flight mechanism that comes in when your emotions are in that heightened state. And you're either going to fight it and say, right, I need to do more, I need to double down on this. When I've got people I'm talking to, and just yesterday I'm talking to a very, very senior lawyer, and, and, and she was saying that she's currently working to... 11.30, midnight, every day. Yeah, crazy. And yeah, she's, she's clearly overwhelmed, but she's fighting it. Then you've got the other people who will go into the, the, not the fight, but the flight. And I can see myself doing that every now and again, where it's not that I will just run away from it or hide, because I tend to be a busy person. What I'll do is I'll get busy doing other things. Yes. that have no connection to what I really should be doing with. But it's the kind of things I, I feel easier about or I have a different emotion about. And I know I'm just turning wheels. Yes. I know I'm just, you know, finding comfort in a distraction. And as long as I'm finding comfort in that distraction to, to say, right, okay, that's a little break. I need to get back to what I need to get back to. Then it's fine. But I, I can hide in that distraction and pretend that maybe this is what I should be doing. You're right. So you've got the fight and flight responses to these things. So this isn't about time management, um, because this is about getting to the stage where there is nothing more I can do. I can't do more. I can't double down. I can't work harder. That's not going to be the solution. So what do I need to do with it? So as you said, I mean, you can always work till 11.30 for a short period of time, but it's just not sustainable. And I like the idea of a busy way of hiding under the duvet. You know, like when I spend an hour and a half trying to change my Zoom settings, it's kind of, it wasn't really that important, was it? But there was something which is glaring at me from my desk saying, you really should be doing me. And I say, let me do this really important Zoom virtual background first. That's, it's, it's a busy way of hiding under, hiding under my duvet in a way. But yeah, not... Not quite so obvious to everyone around me. But you'll know the difference uh, whether you're hiding or whether you're taking a break and a step back. And if you're hiding, you're just going to feel worse about what you already felt bad about. 
Whereas if you're stepping back and taking a break, it's to kind of deflate some of those emotions that you feel about it, stepping away to be able to go back to it with a bit more perspective and a bit of objectivity. So if the thing that you're doing is a release, then that's great. If it's just bottling it up even more, then it's only going to increase that sense of being overwhelmed. That makes total sense. And taking a break to deal with the emotions, but also just taking a step back to let your brain figure out a better way of working it. You know, let your lizard brain do some, do some real work. That's how I explain my refreshing of the football pages during the transfer season is this is just me letting my lizard brain do real work while my front brain is, 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 is looking at that. Okay. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed by a negative emotion, so it doesn't matter. So this isn't about busyness. This is why I could, I've got to get out of my head. I could also be overwhelmed by the nothingness, by the quiet, by the stillness, by the inactivity around me. Or I could still be overwhelmed by the number of emails, the number of calls, the number of roles I'm being requested to do. Both of these are the same problem. They look really different, but they're both exactly the same in how we would deal with them. Is that correct? Yeah. I had two calls earlier on this week with two CEOs, one who is feeling overwhelmed because there's just so many things going on, so many things. And now there's more things getting thrown in. And this feeling of overwhelm is is really getting tipped over because when things were in lockdown, it actually was quite simple because, you know, there was sort of one way you need to get through this. Now as things unravel and things sort of ease in some ways uh, with the fear that it might lock down again, all this complexity has been thrown in and he's finding this completely overwhelming uh, because there's a range of emotions on in there. The other CEO I then speak to and they've decided that they want to come out of the business that they're in and have decided to, to exit that business. And the overwhelming feeling of having more time, which is now an anti-anxiety of will there be something else at their age, at their time, in their industry? And that overwhelming feeling is actually paralyzing them to an extent where they're sitting there watching all the cars go by really quickly and, 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 and now quite anxious and reluctant to get back in the car and start driving. And that, again, is just that feeling of being overwhelmed of there's nothing happening, but it's all the emotions that come with nothing happening. Yeah. You know, it, does this mean this? Does this mean that? And that ambiguity then kicks in and, and that emotion is allowed to expand into a hundred other emotions. Um, as that becomes then catastrophic. What if this is the end? What if this? What if this? What if this? All those questions with no answers. Um, and therefore, it's about, first of all, with the, the first CEO is to, is to help him lead rather than try and manage that situation. And equally for the CEO who's, who's wanting to come out uh, and, and go and do something else, is to, again, not just manage that, but lead it, you know, shape it rather than wait to see if anything occurs for them. Okay. So when I'm saying then managing emotions, then this is actually leading, shaping, channeling all the things you're feeling into a better place. Is that? Yeah. I'm asked a lot of, you know, what's management and what's leadership. And there's a there's hundred different explanations and they're all valid. And these types of situations, it's important to understand the difference in terms of if if you can 
consider management as having 24 hours worth of stuff to do in a 24-hour day. And management then is making sure that you get those 24 hours worth of stuff done in the most efficient order so that, you know, everything is covered. Whereas leadership is about having 124 hours worth of stuff and being able to pinpoint the most important, the most effective 24 hours and be focused on that 24 hours worth of stuff. And the full knowledge, there's 100 hours of stuff not getting touched. That, that's one of the differences between management and leadership. And managing the emotion has been able to, you know, as, as we said is before in previous conversations, selecting the right emotion to the right degree for a situation to get to an outcome. Leadership of emotions is knowing that all those emotions are there and all the situations associated with them and being able to say, what are the ones I really need to focus on now rather than carrying them all with you? Now, the great thing is, is that I, I believe in most situations in life and in business, management and leadership is a choice. And for a lot of situations, you can choose to manage, which is keep it as it is, or you can choose to lead, which is to disrupt it and put it somewhere else. It's a, it's a valid option. That can be confusing at times. Do I choose to manage? Do I choose to lead? And that's where your natural preference may come in. But the great thing is, is when something gets unmanageable or overwhelming, the choice then becomes clearer. It's clear now that I need to lead. Yeah. So because you're overwhelmed, that's the signal to you to do that this has gone beyond management. As you're saying, there's only so many times you can work to 11.30 at night. So then this goes back to understanding the emotions, understanding which ones are going to be the helpful and useful emotions. But to get to that outcome, this again again links us back to purpose, goals, strategy. So it is almost being able to take that step back and say, remember what what you're here for. And that's a much better way of of not thinking of time management, but energy management and focus management is you've let all these things stack up now it's time to let them to to let some of the, the these things go. We don't have time for today, and that's what that leadership is about. And then that will calm you down because the number of tasks or focus points you've got, you can now handle. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's where you're taking those calls on it. And and at some point, unfortunately, when a lot of people start to feel overwhelmed, they kind of panic or they think they're failing. Or, you know, they're not working hard enough and they'll double down again. Exactly. And all that does then creates even more emotion because, you know, because um, you know it's not sustainable and yet you're still struggling. Yeah. And sometimes you're just trying to deal with too much and throwing more on top is not going to be an answer. It's been able to filter it out into an order and not necessarily just to be saying those things will just never get done. Those things will get done in time. But for now... This is where the focus needs to be. Yeah. So in a practical way, I mean, this makes total sense. However, if I'm sitting there with my bit of paper and I'm looking at all the hundred things I've got to do and I'm going, right, I've I've listened to Stephen. I now know that I can only do 50 of these things. I look at this list and I go, yeah, but Stephen doesn't understand that every single one of these hundred things are important. There's not one of these things I can drop. Hundred is probably a crazy number, but let's say ten. And we've, you know, we've I've sat in lots of different meetings where 
you've tried to explain that priority was meant to mean one. You can't have five priorities. There's one thing that you're going to focus on and only one thing. What would that be? And eventually you still end up with a list of 12. You know, what's your tip to individuals, to, to teams, to companies on, on to look at all of these things, which are the most important thing ever, and help that team to narrow it down to, to a more manageable, whether that's one, three, or five? Yeah, well, you're sort of hitting the nail in the head and what causes overwhelm is what we do is we gather lists. Now, first of all, it's really good to have a list. And whether there's 10 things or 100 things on it, you've got a list. If you don't have a list, what you're doing is you're walking around subconsciously trying to remember all the things that should be on the list that you haven't written written out. So having that, first of all, puts a different emotion around it because you've captured it. You don't need to keep remembering it because it's there. But there's a difference in the question between um, you've got 10 things. So what is the one? Now, that's a different question from saying you've got 10 things. What's going to be the first? Yeah. Because one of the big things that holds us back from putting things in order is what we do is we kind of think we need to eliminate. Things are important for a whole number of reasons. The importance of things will also vary over time. There's some things on my list that I might never get to, but I don't want to take them off the list because if there's a chance of getting to them, I want to keep that chance because the emotion and the fear of letting it go just brings more emotion and fear or disappointment or frustration or I might feel I'm failing because I now need to give up on that. I prefer not to give up on it. I prefer just to put it in the right order. So putting the 10 in order is a lot easier and more efficient with your emotion than trying to say, I need to shorten that list from 10 to 2 or 1. Exactly. I like that. So this isn't about eliminating them. It's just choosing when. And that goes back to your definition of leadership. This isn't going to be done in this 24 hours, but there will be a 24 hours when you will be the most important thing that we can do, or we will have space that you get that this can be done. Because the thing is, and to go back to your point of the assumption that being overwhelmed is about busyness. So the list's too long, but it's too busy a list. Well, it's not the amount of things that's on the list, it's the emotion that comes with that. And it's not just the emotion of the doing it. The big emotion is the emotion that I'm not getting to it yet, or I'm not getting to do it well enough, or I don't have enough time, or there's another thing I'm not getting to, and, and it all kind of amplifies. But it's on the list, we'll get to it, there's just an order. And what you're doing is you're channeling everything. You're channeling the list. You're also channeling the emotion that comes with it. Whereas if you're gathering loads of things and thinking, well, if I do a little bit of everything, I'm keeping all the plates spinning. Yes. Well, plates at a time. This reminds me, I think it's Warren Buffett and his driver. I mean, it's a story probably mentioned where he, that a driver says, you know, how, how do I become a millionaire or billionaire? He says, write down the 10 things that you really want to do then choose three and then, you know, cross out those other seven because you will be tempted to work on them and to spend energy and focus on them, whereas you should just focus on those three. Listen to this. Actually, it's these three first, these three now, and then don't let those other ones suck emotion or attention or, or create worry about it. Is that, you know, next time you do this list in three months' time, Maybe it'll be their, t- their time. 
that's the emotion about the things you're not doing is something you have to manage then is part of this. Yeah, look, I mean, being overwhelmed is very closely linked to stress and anxiety and, you know, and I've worked with organisations who have had real issues with, with stress. Teaching, for instance, used to have, and I don't know if it still is because I'm not currently involved in that, but before it was a big, big issue on the amount of teachers who were off work with stress. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the policy at that time, I'm going, to, I'm going back a while, but the policy at that point was to gradually engage them back in by bringing them back on a four-day week, three-day week, two-day week. And it wasn't working because these teachers were coming back and struggling to get everything done in five days and then coming back and almost trying to do it in four days, then three days. And then what would happen, and and I liken this to um, when if if you're sitting in a room and there's something on the carpet, it's a bit of paper, it's a post-it note or it's something that's sitting there and you're looking at it thinking, I need to pick that up. But because you're running through the list of all the things you need to do and you're feeling overwhelmed, five minutes can pass, 10 minutes can pass. You could be sitting there again tomorrow and still see it sitting over there. And it now becomes this reminder of all the other things you're not doing. And that's when you know you're overwhelmed because it's there, you can see it, you can actually quite easily do it. And in your mind, you've done it a thousand times. You just still haven't done it. But being able to lead in terms of your emotions to get yourself in the right place, you'll go up and pick that piece of paper up or you'll stop looking at it or you'll say, tomorrow I'm going to pick that up. And then it cha- and then your reaction to looking at that changes because you know it's a task for tomorrow. It's not something you haven't done yesterday. Well, you're, you're taking it, as I say, management's about keeping it in the same box. Leadership's about taking it into a different box. What you're doing is you're taking it into different emotion. That's something I'm going to look forward to doing tomorrow. Because by doing that tomorrow, it means I've done the stuff for today and I'm making progress. Rather than perfection, I'm making progress. Yeah. So I've got my list of 10 things. And I still know I can only do five of these things. What are some good ways of trying to decide which are the five? I'm not looking for a quick like BuzzFeed, these are the three things you do type thing. But how do I start approaching that list? In my experience, I would challenge that as the, a suboptimal intent. The, the intent is to work out a way of getting through all 10 or 100 things, not to just choose the five. If you've got two or three or four kids, which one are you going to choose? Well, I mean, I'm not going to tell you live because, you know, <laughs> you know this will be a record. <laughs> yeah. you'll, have, you'll have your favourite. To, to put yourself in that situation but you have to decide one versus the other, you're creating an emotional situation. You're creating a dilemma. And so your energy is going into the emotions around that and the, the confusion and the, well, what if this or what? And you can take it off your list, but in your heart, it's still there. Yes. And then how you feel, and one of the biggest things, biggest, most powerful emotions is guilt. There's a bit you think, have I done the right thing? Yeah. What I'm challenging to do is to keep that list of 100 and just get it in the right order. I like that. So I've got my list of 10 things, and it's not that any of them are less important or more important. They're all important. I just need to put them in the right time. However, I do think that there is, or there feels like there's a link 
between that which I choose to do first and that which is the most important. And so somehow or another, you need to break that link into saying this is almost a logistical issue, not the most strategically important or not. Or is that, is that, the, wrong, is that the wrong way of looking at it? Well, I think part of being overwhelmed is overthinking. Everyone's individual as to how the right balance of things. I think if you're always looking at the most important and urgent thing all of the time, then you can be very, very effective in what you're doing, but you might not necessarily have the balance of being able to do some of the things that you like doing or enjoy doing. Now, if what you like doing and enjoy doing is also the most important thing, those are the great things. Those that, That's a 10 out of 10. Those things are great. But sometimes those are two separate things. And sometimes that's been about, okay, what, what emotion, what's going to balance things out for me? Doing something I enjoy, stepping away, going doing something different. If it's part of the plan, part of your list, then you've got a good balance of things. If you are just hammering it all the time and, you know, what's been happening recently is people have gone typically one or the other. They've gone into the this is an extended or low-restricted vacation that I'm on, or, you know, this is the time for me to do everything. And particularly when you're working from home, as I've been now for a long, long period of time in my life, this is also where I work as well as where I live. So there's a tendency to get that list out of balance by always making the work things more important. The emotional importance has to be factored in. And some of the most emotionally important things wouldn't come on that sort of standard logical, you know, order. But it needs to be brought in there from time to time. Otherwise, you'll feel overwhelmed because you're not balancing things out. There's times I need to take a walk when the last thing I should be doing is to, is taking time out when I know there's things I need to get done. But that walk is important. It allows me to balance things back out. It allows me to get some fresh air. It allows me to say, well, I'm still in some control because I can decide to go and take this walk. But there's no point in me just doing that walk and panicking and thinking and feeling guilty because I should be carrying on with stuff. It's finding your right level of balance. So when you think about how you fix overwhelm and let's say stress, put the two a bit together, I mentioned time management a little bit glibly earlier. And you also have people talk about the importance of sleep and meditation and, and, and basic stress management. When you read about this or you hear about it or you talk about it, you almost get straight to the place of, therefore, these are the things you need to do. Control your sleep, take a break, etc. And what you're talking about, though, is actually really understanding the stage before that. So then these plans and strategies of taking a break, managing your time, you know, sleeping well, eating well, juice fast, etc., make sense. But until you have that understanding, is this is you taking a leadership position with the issue that you're facing today, these these things don't make sense. Is that a fair thing to say? Does that make sense? You know, because when you see about all of these things that everyone says, if you're feeling overwhelmed, do these things. I do think that this, there's that important link that you're, you're centering on, which therefore these things therefore make sense, or some of these things will make sense. Yeah, look, t- typically the reason why these things will make sense to the majority of people is because the majority of people are working too hard, trying too hard to do too many things. 
and therefore what you're bringing in there is a bit of structure to do something else, to step back, to almost create another discipline. You know, a change is as good as a rest. And particularly when a lot of people are so busy, asking them to do nothing um, is, is a very difficult ask because they're busy people. You're not likely to go on vacation and, and, and sit back and just lie in the sun and chill out. You're going to want to go and take Spanish lessons and scuba diving and, and stuff because a change is as good as a rest and you'll replenish and you'll balance things out and it'll get you perspective on reordering that 10 or 100 things on your list because you've stepped back from it and said, okay, well, I think the, the better flow for me would be this order. Exactly. But then that's how you sell or explain or frame whichever way, way you want to do it. You're not saying somebody do nothing or take a step back is take some time and be really busy. If that's what that person needs to hear, be really busy organizing your thoughts, channeling your thoughts, getting everything in order. And that would almost reduce for that person who feels stressful about not being busy. You're actually telling them they are being busy, you know, de-busying them themselves. You're right. I find in the past, sometimes when I've been overwhelmed, I must have downloaded three or four different to-do apps because I kept on thinking this was the one that was going to solve it for me. And it wasn't. It was just an excuse just moving the problem around instead of really taking that big overview and addressing it. It isn't the UX of the to-do list which is going to make the difference. It's how I'm addressing my to-do list that's going to make the, the key difference. Yeah. The signs of being overwhelmed are, are, are pretty clear when you feel there's emotions spilling into other situations that aren't necessarily appropriate. You know, I, I tend to find at times um, someone says something to me and I, and I hear something totally different. Part of the reason of that is when you're feeling overwhelmed is if you can't hold the conversation, if you can't listen to someone talking to you without thinking, please get to the point, please get to the point, please get to the point with this, or you assume what the point is, or you think, look, I know where you're going to get to, and then you want to deal with where you think they want to get to. Those are some of the real signs of you're a bit overwhelmed at the moment because you genuinely think you don't have the time to listen to somebody or this is the last thing I need, or this is the news I didn't want here, or can I just hold back time just now? Well, that's all those signs of being overwhelmed. It's just you have got not just too much going on, too much going on in no particular order. I like that. And unfortunately, I recognise that too often. Sometimes I think I'm doing the world a favour by let's get to the point quickly. But but I'm probably missing a lot of nuance of, of context in, in the conversation. One interesting thing then, which that makes me think of is when I'm in a workplace, actually the person who is doing that to me um, or to his team or in the meeting, this could, should be a red flag to me as a, as a leader and as a manager, as a colleague, that this person's feeling overwhelmed at the moment. And even though this person may feel like they're coping, I should deal with this. So this is a useful red flag, is, is it not? I mean, is this a good way of see, if seeing if other people are overwhelmed in your team? Yeah, because what you're doing is you're disrupting any order that they may have had. And they might not have in any order to begin with. 
but particularly if you're their manager or their boss or a very important person to them, any request you give to them is going to disrupt their order because it's probably going to go to the top of their list. And and if all they have is a collection of things to begin with, there's another thing thrown on top of it. And so you can sometimes tell when you're saying something to somebody and you're thinking, this isn't the reaction I was looking for. But it's almost as if you have disrupted their whole life. And it's just because you ha- you've thrown it at a time where they're feeling overwhelmed. And this is about you either saying, look, this is probably a conversation we need to have at a different time. So when would work? So when can we put this into an order that works for you? Or, look, I'm not asking you to drop everything, or I am asking you to drop everything, but being clear on the order. Actually, forget about everything else, this is the only thing. Or, look, this can fit in with what you're already doing. So what are you working on? Where would this fit in for you? That's such an important one. You see this, especially it feels like with developers and engineers, like something always comes up. This new feature is now the most important thing. This needs to be done in the next sprint. And you and the good ones do explain really well. Absolutely. You know, we had the next six sprints all all worked out. What do you want us to drop? And then the answer is always, you know, nothing. It's like, honestly, if I had room for this new project, you should almost fire me because I'm, and we're fully booked. We haven't left in space because that's not how we work. But which of these features do you want to move? And it feels sometimes easier in that world. Not that it is always easy to do because everyone always wants everything uh, yesterday. But it does feel a little bit more clear in deliverables because the way that they've, the way that sprints are nowadays especially set up. But outside of that, I remember working with somebody and everyone was saying, you know, this guy needs sales training. And he actually doesn't need sales training. He needs a commercial strategy and a sales strategy. He doesn't know what you want him to do. So of course he does. So yeah, because you've sent him so many emails. I said, I, I've read in the last 10 weeks, 23 initiatives that have come from the exec team. He doesn't know what to say no to. He was going to employ three project managers to deal with the flow of, of stuff coming through. Whereas somebody a bit more senior would have just said, I'll do these two. And the executive team would have said, thank you. Yeah, those, you're right. You pinpointed these were the two most important things. But that's hard, to, that's hard to do. So as a leader, we've got to have that conversation. When we see somebody spilling over, it's let me help you. Let me work with you. Let me take things off your plate and tell you it's okay. This week, I, mean, I do a lot, you know, with recruitment businesses. And during these times, there's not a lot of recruitment business going on relative to where they would expect to be. But a, a recruitment business owner this week was saying, I'm finding it difficult to push some of my people some seem to be dealing with it really well. Others seem to be very stressed and anxious, probably overwhelmed. And I don't, want, I, I don't feel like it's fair to ask of more from them because they just keep telling me how busy they are. And as I was saying, well, when your business is booming and in normal times when business is going well, the measures are in results and output and, and figures. When the result and output and figures have diminished so significantly, what you've then got is your justification comes in activity. Yes. So people are naturally going to be telling you all the things they're doing and all the things they're doing because there's masses of things they're doing to compensate for the fact that the figures aren't really there at the moment, but the activity is. And therefore, there's a lot of leaders holding back from saying, look, this is what we really need to do. 
because they feel they're putting something on top of people who are already struggling. Yes. But what we are very good at, and individuals, teams, businesses, um, cities, when I've worked with cities, there are some cities who are at their best in a crisis. Yeah. And they're at their best, they're at their worst when it's kind of business as usual. Because in normal times, business as usual times, there are so many desperate things in a city that you need to work with to join on. There's masses and masses of dots that some don't even want to be connected. Yet when you get into crisis, it's very clear what the number one thing needs to be, what the first thing needs to be, what the singular point of focus needs to be. And they're phenomenal in a crisis. All the differences are put to the side, relationships, preferences, comfort, all these things, because there's, there's, a, there, there's a focus. And, and it's why we sometimes sweat the small stuff and become overwhelmed with so many little things. But once we get a big thing that gives us that focus, then this is the one thing above all. We now know what's number one in the list. Yeah. Now, the rest of the things in the list do not disappear. But the number, the first thing is so, so clear, we no longer feel overwhelmed. That's, the, that's it, isn't it? That emotional management. If you've got 10 small, medium things buying around, you'll actually be as overwhelmed as if it's 10 big things which are, which are bubbling around. It, it doesn't matter the size. It's the fact that I, I'm overwhelmed by the complexity of the tasks ahead of me. But the moment one thing comes in, it blows everything. I'm not even going to give them a, se- a second look. Yeah. Well, the difference is your focus. Yeah. And, you know, we're capable of dealing with so many things. Uh, but when we can focus on one thing at a time, not one thing at the exception of everything else, but one thing at a time in order, then we have that clarity. You cannot be looking at two things and tell me you're focused. If you're focused you're focused on that thing that's there that needs to be done. This is your next thing. And then you know there'll be things after, but not to get distracted. And that's the role of a leader in an organisation. But if you personally are feeling overwhelmed, that's your job to be the leader in that situation to yourself. It's the leader within you. Exactly. You know, leadership and management are very effective choices for you to take. It doesn't come with title. It's, it's within you all the time. And we've all been leading from a very, very early time in our lives because we've actually made choices, sometimes subconscious, sometimes we've been more conscious about it. But clearly when it becomes unmanageable, we get that clarity of, well, now I need to lead. Yeah. And, you know, we've sometimes a reluctance to lead if we position leadership as being, I've got 100 things on the list, I need to get that down to three rather than saying I've got 100 things in the list, what's first? And I don't need to work out what's number 67, what's number 83, or whether that should be 84. It's what needs to be the first thing. It's just clarity on the first. And whether that is the most important in terms of value or impact, it's the most important thing in terms of order. That's all it needs to be most important of. I've had disruption to my order this week because I had felt, okay, that this is the order I would like to do things. And the great thing is if you get ahead of it and get in early, you get to set the order you would like. And if life is kind, then it follows that order and it's a great week. The more challenging weeks and creative weeks are when 
uh, life decides that that's not actually the order things are going to work out this week. And so my order has been disrupted literally on a daily basis for different reasons. But there's still an order. Now, if I felt that that change in order was disrupting absolutely everything, I'd be overwhelmed. But the reason I'm not overwhelmed is all I'm doing is adjusting the order. All I'm able to say is, okay, so what now needs to be the first thing? So what now needs to be the first thing? So what now needs to be the first thing? But if I was eliminating things and the order then get changed, I would then think, should I bring back some of the stuff I've eliminated? I've eliminated the wrong things. Should I now eliminate more? My, my list is hundreds long, hundreds. And I know when I get down to the hundreds numbers of doing those things because they've now become the next thing, I hope there's hundreds underneath that as well. And some of them will never come out. I think that, that ordering, though, is what you were saying earlier. It isn't necessarily, therefore, the most critical thing will be done first. The most critical things will be on the list. But if I say, actually, I really want to do this with, with somebody in my team who isn't going to be available for three days, or I know that in the mornings my, my, I'm, I'm better at handling this than other times. If I build this into a routine, like you know, if I try and run every day and that's a critical thing for me in my life, I know if I get it out of the way in the morning, then there's a better chance of me doing it than if I leave it for, for the afternoon. It, it, it is a smart choice as well. That, that you're able to make, I think. The difficulty I've got is if I leave this, this call and go out and do my list, I'll immediately keep going back to most important, most important, most important, right, you're, you're being done at two o'clock this afternoon, whereas it should be, I will get these done. What's the best way for me to get these done? That's, that's, that's sort of the message yeah. or a message. First things first. So just work out what's first. I, this is what I don't think you're saying. So this is where you've got to correct me there. I think you're saying is the first things first is I will do you. You're the most important thing, but you're the Thursday job and it's Monday today. But that doesn't mean I'm going to, but because I've put you into my Thursday uh, bucket, it means I won't stress about you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because I know the most important thing is going to be done on Thursday. And on Monday, it actually may appear to be trivial, but this is the best time for that number two priority to get done, isn't it? So it's that relax. You have, you have agreed in your whole mind to sh- you've scheduled this. It is going to happen. <sighs> now I can relax about that and focus on the other important thing on my list. Yeah. And look, this, this is one of the, it was a webinar thing I was on. In fact, Tracy was on it um, last week. We got into discussion about this. You're saying planning it ahead for Thursday. Once you put it in for Thursday, and that will be your first thing to do in Thursday, that's your top of your list in Thursday. That's going to be the order you're doing things. You will then feel so much better. Exactly. And if, but if you've got five things a day and you're carrying 25 things with you, trying to continually work out what's the order, then that's where you get that feeling of overwhelming. And I was of a generation where a diary was where people wrote the secrets from the past. So there was a, if you're going to write a diary, you need to hide it because you really don't want people to read your secrets. Yeah. And if you found someone's diary, it was this great insight into their secrets of all the past up until today. Yes. Because in my generation, very few people used it as a planner. It was all just about the past and the present and things I can't share. It was a secret thing. 
we were never really at that stage brought up and educated to be saying about future planning, about setting things out, organising yourself. We were sort of taught that if you're not coping, you just need to try harder. And that being able to compartmentalise things and say, that's Thursday's number one thing, enables you to bring perspective and context for everything. Yeah, I agree. I'm bad at this. I'm not bad at this. So I, I can be challenging at home. Um, if we're going on holiday, is for, for me to relax, I want to know what we're doing for the next two to three weeks. It doesn't need to, it's not a minute to minute plan. I want to know which days we're going to be doing a trip approximately, which days we're going to be doing absolutely nothing on. It's fine. But then I can relax going, at the end of these two weeks, we'll have done the mix of things that I and the family have wanted to do. And sometimes, you know, there's discussion, who's going to do it, who's, who's not. But then I can relax from day one Whereas otherwise I would be anxious day one to day 14 is, are we going to have done all the things that I believe we should have done in the, on, on this trip? So I'm, I'm now going to explain that actually this is a good thing that I do, that I'm not anal um, and, and I'm not a control freak. I am just dealing with this feeling of being overwhelmed and anxious. So there you go. I've got my argument sorted now. I am not an anal control freak. Thank you very much. But if you think of, you know, the Orlando theme park experience, whereas if you're flying thousands of miles to get to Orlando, you want to do all the theme parks. Yeah. Now, if you were just saying, okay, the most important thing is we do all the theme parks, within about four or five days, you'll have done them all and you'll be totally exhausted and drained and not enjoyed most of it. But if you're then saying, okay, so let's make this so that it's not overwhelming, Let's have those gaps in between the theme parks to recover from the queues a lot of the time and the experience and the physicality of being thrown about in roller coasters and all that kind of stuff. Also to be able to reflect and think, wasn't that fantastic? Where are we going next? And preparing and looking forward. It allows you to spread that over a period where it becomes optimal because you're planning ahead, but you're rather than just trying to rush through it all just to make sure you're running through your list as quickly as possible. Those, those points of balance that you're bringing in, again, is leading rather than just managing. And therefore, you get the opportunity experience. Because when people feel overwhelmed, the first thing they feel is that they're failing or they feel guilty because I'm not doing this right. I should be enjoying this more. I shouldn't be complaining, particularly during these times. You know, and people say, how are you? And that's taken on a whole new meaning now. And people say, oh, I'm feeling a bit, you know, fed up the monotony. And, and, and then quickly most of them will say, but, I mean, considering what's going on in the world, I've got nothing to complain about. Because they feel guilty about feeling disappointed and frustrated. And so you're already getting those layers of emotions building up. And this is where it can become overwhelming. So it's really important that if you're taking more control of these choices, your choices, making sure well, what's going to work for you best and what order is going to work best for you. It's not about the amount of things. It's about the order. And when you take control of that, you're going to feel that you're working through this and getting there as opposed to continually looking at that piece of paper that's on the carpet and thinking, that's still there. I should have picked it up days ago. And in your mind, you've done it a thousand times. So I'm thinking of my life now as an Orlando roller coaster park bit of Disneyland, bit of cinema, 
I mean, I wish my life was that. We all know who Mickey Mouse is in this uh, scenario. <laughs> a lot of people who are running their own business try to start up their own business, particularly in these times, trying to work out a way of maybe working for themselves or starting a new venture. One of the most common things that kills that for them is that feeling of being overwhelmed because they're stepping into things that are new. And I know you and I have experienced this as we've sort of been into new ventures and you and you click on something and the internet shows your whole industry and all the equipment you're going to need and all the different editing stuff and all the kind of things that you can have. And that can feel overwhelming because there's so much information, so much choice, so many things for you to consider. And when you allow that to overwhelm you, you then start to question, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is just too tough or too much. And we end up stepping away from opportunities that if we just held on that little bit longer through dealing with feeling overwhelmed, we would actually get across that line into things that we really enjoy, that we really get massive benefit from that otherwise we would we would walk away. Yeah, so that's another really good benefit then of dealing with this overwhelmness then. If you don't deal with it, you're going to lose out on those opportunities and possibilities that are out there for you because you, you're not saying yes to the right thing. Yeah. You set up a business, all of a sudden it's because you, you're passionate about flowers or you're passionate about bags or shoes or you're passionate about... Um, a service or you know a topic that you want to share with people and then you realize that's the last five or ten percent of what you get to do the first 90 to 95 percent is setting up a business doing accounts marketing strategy social media for goodness sake and you think how am I supposed to know all these things and you, and you yeah. carry this bundle of 25 things that you're going to have to learn and what's really important is you find your order First things first. Yeah, find the order and and the help and support you need to help you put that emotion into check, isn't it? So in the uh, roller coaster example, you don't want to rush everything straight away. Maybe you don't want to do the most famous ride on the first day. Maybe it's something you're going to look forward to. Maybe you know you're going to be tired. Maybe the weather's going to be different. You know, you set that that whether that that week, that month, that year up the way you want to do it. And how you talked about the diary and planner, I remember years ago, you would show your week planner, your quarterly planner. I don't know if it went on to the year. The, the longer term planners, they weren't incredibly detailed, but you explained it was your way of ensuring that there was enough balance for the big bucket. You know, there was family time, there was holiday time, but there were certain bits of different types of business you wanted to be able to look at in this color coded chart and say, this roughly looks in balance and then you know the details would get written underneath this is what i mean i think when you look at it from that type of view then all the time management apps and and you know hacks make sense but before you get to the hacks before you download another to-do app like like me another way of measuring your where you are with all your different goals etc it's first of all just have that understanding of what is important and agree with yourself that this is what this is when I will do it and then as you said and then and that will help me manage my emotions 
and then immediately my emotions are more managed, I will feel less overwhelmed, which will make me even better to deal with all the things on my list. Now, now we all we all have the. I mean, what what's you've identified here, and you're absolutely right. Is you know the most important thing is to keep the most important thing as your most important thing. So then the question becomes: Well, what's most important now? The most effective way and the, and the best discipline to be in is, you know, if we go back to goals and purpose and vision, that's where you make more strategic or more outcome-based decisions on what's most important because does it fit with where I really want to get to? And if what you're aiming for is big enough and, and valuable enough to you and impactful enough, you will feel less overwhelmed because it's okay to feel like this based upon where I'm going. If it means that much to me, if it has great meaning, then I'm going to do what it takes to get through this. So you're less likely to feel overwhelmed, although you will be able to feel really emotional, but you will not be overwhelmed because the barrel is big enough for all of those emotions. But if you're working on very small barrels, then you're going to get emotional and therefore you're going to get overwhelmed very quickly. That takes us back to our emotional intelligence discussion about the barrel on the back of the car and and sharks and stuff all right we're going to wrap up there it's time i can hear yeah it's good so happy birthday (laughs) so i mean have you got to do work scheduled work for the next yeah i'm going to draw a line which i don't often i don't do at all at the moment so i'm going to draw a line So, Overwhelmed is now over. I thought this was a good episode. We covered lots of ground. As always, nothing is ever completed. But there's a lot of food for thought. So, get chewing. See you next time. Remember to subscribe and uh, give us a pleasant review. And get in contact if you have any thoughts or comments or tips to help us get better. Cheers. Bye.